Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And we have Eutheria. Um, Bethany, do you want to explain to them what, what Eutheria is? Yeah. So Eutheria is a newly diagnosable viral infection that is spreading rapidly across the globe. Signs and symptoms may include confusion, paranoia, sleep deprivation, disorganized thinking, headaches, and restlessness. Those at high risk for eutheria include people of all ages alike that are an adorable representative MC for youth, also known as armies. If you're an army and you're experiencing any of these signs and symptoms, keep listening for more information on this week's episode of Standing BTS. <laughs> I have all of those symptoms. All yes. of them. Yes, I know you do. All of them. Yeah, so Kayla actually did the majority of the research for today's episode. So Kayla's going to be talking a lot about all of the theories behind BTS's new euphoria. We're going to deep dive into the storyline and the connection between Most Beautiful Moment in Life, Wings, and the Love Yourself eras, the, um, all the theories that go along with those. So I'm not going to be going super in-depth on specific music videos. That is something that, um, as far as theories go, we can do in the future. But for this, I had never learned about the theories at all. I mean, no, there wasn't really any new theories that developed since I've been an ARMY, at least that I've known about. So like with Euphoria coming out, I just saw all of these theories on Twitter. So I said, okay, I can't ignore this anymore. I have to know what this is. Mm -hmm. And one of our one of our listeners actually either DM'd us or commented on like one of our Instagram posts and was like, you guys should do theories. I was like, we're on it. Like we were already yeah. planning on doing it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm already eight hours into research. Yes. <laughs> um but yeah, so Thanks for being here this week. We had some amazing people contact us this past week. And I actually, at the end of the episode, I'm going to read parts of an interaction that we had with someone. So if you like this episode, if you've liked any previous episodes, uh, when we're done here, if you would head over to iTunes and rate and review, it just helps us. It helps get the word out about standing BTS a little bit more, um, helps us connect with more armies, which is really why we're doing this. Yeah, exactly. We just want to talk with all of you guys. <laughs> yeah. And we we talked about it and we decided since we love doing the ship series and it seems like you guys really love the ship series too. When we get to 100 reviews on iTunes, we are going to do Take Hook. Yes. We're going to do it the more non-traditional route. Like Take Hook, we're not going to pull from a cup. We'll just do it whenever we reach 100 reviews. Yep. I actually think that Bethany is going to present most of Tay Cook like I am presenting these theories today. Of course. Yeah. Of course I'm going to be looking at Tay Cook because I could, if I had to do a Tay Cook episode right now, I could do it. Like, no problem. No research. Yeah. Like, I know, yeah. I know way too much about Tay Cook. It's actually really bad. <laughs> so, um... 
anyways, so let's get into these music video theories, okay? Yes. So the theory that I'm presenting does not go, like I said, not it doesn't go in-depth on specific music videos. It's just an overview because these theories arc over these past three eras. Um, and I'm including all of the albums that are or going to be released with Love Yourself in the Love Yourself era, even though they might have different themes just because they're all going to be love yourself something. Kayla, I just need to appreciate how you did all of this research. (laughs) Like, this is so much. I, for real, I spent at least, at least 15, 16 hours. I spent three and a half hours today just typing up this document. Like, you guys, we are getting really deep into this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I mean, like, Bethany, you months ago dived into these deep, to like, these theories, but you haven't really touched them since then. Yeah, I'm surprised you remembered that. Yeah, I just remember you saying, Jin is dead, Jin is dead. Yeah, I kept saying Jin is dead because that's when I was really into the Wings era, because, I mean, that was before Love Yourself, Her came out, so we really, honestly, were just into the Wings album. And that's when I saw all those videos. I was like, man, all of this has to mean something. And then I found and discovered BTS theories. I spent a whole day just like watching all these videos. But anyways, that was forever ago. But I haven't looked at the theories. I haven't looked at the theories since then. So I really don't know anything. So that's why you're just really listening today and reacting, and I'm just deep diving into this. I do want to say nothing that I'm going to talk about hasn't already been depicted in the music videos or the prologues or the epilogue. Everything is depicted already in what they've put out, but I do want to say a content warning for abuse, mental illness, suicide, depression, violence, addiction, and death because... These theories are widely accepted theories, and um, unfortunately, the music video and the storyline arc deals with a lot of that. So if those are things that you really can't listen to, or, you know, if you have, if you're young, it's okay if you want to pass it up. Okay, so these theories are across HYYH, which is the acronym for the Korean translation of The Most Beautiful Moment in Life also for Wings and the Love Yourself eras. So if you want to watch the stories in order, like the storyline in order, the music videos are the prologue reel, I Need You, Run, the I Need You Japanese music video, the Run Japanese music video, epilogue Young Forever, the Wings short films, Blood, Sweat, and Tears Japanese version, Spring Day, Love Yourself highlight reel trailers, serendipity dna and now also euphoria um Damn, that's so yeah, many <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot so i suggest watching a video on youtube um by sugar and spice called bts music videos have a fictional universe um guide to characters Um, I got a lot of information from that video and um, from this person. They go way more in-depth than I can. They include a bunch of notes that Big Hit released that add to the story as well. And they have a ton of informative videos on their channel about BTS, so go check them out. They're awesome. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, and then they also linked in their description um, to a video by Yuchan97 called BTS Full Story, and it shows all of the videos in order that I just listed off with English subtitles when they speak. So it's like over an hour long. Yeah, it's um, it's like an hour and 15 minutes long, I think. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice. You watched <laughs> so it twice? Yeah, so there's three hours just right there. That's, um, wow. I got like halfway through it, and then I had to yeah. stop. So we'll put links in the description to both of those videos. So that way, if you guys want to go listen to those or watch those later, you can do that. Okay, so let's get into the storyline. This is the fun part. Okay, so 
let's talk about character arcs. Um, so the storyline starts with the prologue, which starts with them playing out in like, it's like the wilderness and it's like an old dilapidated empty pool that already has like stuff growing up through the bottom of it. The, the bottom of the pool is all worn away. There's graffiti on the sides of the pool, trees all around. And they're just kind of like playing in it. This is also prologue is also it goes on to when they're playing in that pool area, they have um, Namjoon and Tay spray paint a bunch of little designs. And then it looks like letters that say O-M-N. And I was thinking, what could these letters be? Because they they weren't there on the wall and then they pop up on the wall like three different times. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah. If you sound it out, it sounds like Omen. So it seems like to me that this is the beginning. This is the prologue. They seem really happy and they have their, they seem like they have their shit together. But this idea that they seem this way is an omen of something worse, I feel like, which we see through the storyline. And then the, the prologue ends with this infamous day at the beach where they, Jen drives all of them out in his big, like, <laughs> black F-150 to the beach and they all have a great day there. I'm just saying Jen would never drive a car like that. In my I love opinion. it. I love it. It's in, like... It's in, like, six music videos. Like, it's very important. Um, <laughs> this truck so, <laughs> is vital. Jin's truck. Um, so, each maknae is paired with the young, and Jin is left out. So, obviously, all seven of them are friends in this reality. That Like, the storyline that they build, they're all friends, but, like, the pairs of them are really closely intertwined. Kayla, I was going to ask you... Yeah. Oh, shit. I was going to ask you, because I do not know why each member is paired up with each member. Like, I knew that all the Maknes were paired with a young, but, like, I didn't know why, like, why that is. Um, I think, I don't know specifically why, like, for example, what I'm going to talk about is Young is paired with Namjoon. I don't know why specifically, like, each person is paired together, other than that maybe their personalities balance off of each other, or, like, their characteristics, or, like, the characters that are kind of written for them in this storyline um, have experiences that kind of make them fit together well in, like, their friendship and their story. Yeah. It's weird because in these, like, music videos, they're, like, themselves, but it's also, like, you know, like, it's, like, kind of a character at the same time. Oh, yeah. So they use their real names. Like, they all are, they're all called by, like, um, I mean, Jin is called Jin and Jimin's called Jimin, but everyone else is called Young, Namjoon, um, mm-hmm. Yoongi, Hosok. So, anyways, yeah, I just think that it... It's, they're, they're like characters written in for this storyline. So, yeah. the, like I said, the first, the first pair is Young and Namjoon. Um, and at that day at the beach, the way that it kind of ends is Young climbs a tall structure and it's made of like scaffolding. Um, and it's overlooking, it's like on the pier overlooking the whole ocean. It's really high up. Like, I want to say 25 feet, 30 feet. Yeah, it's, it's really high up. And he he looks down, back down at the members who are down there. Jin is filming. He has a video camera that he's filming looking up at Tay. Tay kind of smiles looking at the members, and then he faces the camera, takes a deep breath, looks really determined, kind of wipes his nose a little bit, and then he just runs off and jumps into the ocean. And this, like, really symbolizes the beginning of it all, um, the beginning of each member's path that we see them take throughout these this, like, storyline. Oh, yeah. It's like it's totally built up, that scene is. It's like yeah. built up so much. Yeah. So let's get into like his storyline kind of. Tay and his sister live with an abusive alcoholic father, and Namjoon lives alone. It seems like he lives alone in like a small shack in an industrial district. And it kind of looks like the outskirts of town. He lives in poverty. He lives, um, He seems kind of like aimless, not that he really has that many goals. He feels like nothing really matters. If he does anything anyways, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, he's kind of like an outcast in a way. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and he, there's a scene where he writes on the fogged up bathroom mirror, he writes, you must survive. So he's just like trying to make it. He works at a gas station as like a pump attendant, the person that like pumps gas for you and they might run inside and buy something for you or whatever. He does that to make ends meet. And, um, Anyway, so that's his situation. Tay obviously is in a terrible situation growing up in an abusive household. Um, at the beginning of prologue, it actually shows him like laying on a on a, a mattress in that pool, and he's looking at a picture. It looks like his mom and a baby. Yeah, his mom and a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that baby is him. Maybe his mom died when he was young, and maybe his dad has been an alcoholic ever since then. Mm-hmm. And him and his sister have grown up in this terrible environment. So. Namjoon is amazing, though. I think this is a big reason why they're paid to, paired together, because in spite of his own circumstances, Namjoon literally pulls Tay off of that mattress, pulls him into a better life, and together they're happy. They, like, find happiness together. Um, yeah, they're, like, rebellious with each other. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Nam, Namjoon helps Tay find an escape from, like, this abusive kind of, like, hell that he's living in. And then they do adventurous things like graffiti. And the graffiti is obviously a symbol of youth and rebellion. And, like, even when they get caught by the police, like, they are still smiling. I love that yeah, scene. Yeah, they're just... Ha- I run. love that. I love oh that scene, too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Taehyung. Taehyung. I'm that sorry. That smile. That smile that he gives Namjoon, he is just so cute. It's like, he is so happy to be getting in trouble. He, like, oh, does I not know. care. Oh, no. He doesn't give a shit. Like, he is so happy about it. Like, he's just like, hell Yeah. I just relate to Taylor yes. so much. Yes. I love him. Um, <laughs> Literally anytime I get in trouble, I can't help but to smile at his Like, goodness. I love it. I love that scene. Um, well, but unfortunately, things soon take a turn for the worse. Tay, who is tired of himself and his sister being targets of abuse, he wonders if he could fight back as well. So before walking into the room where his alcoholic father is currently raging and like grabbing his sister by the arms and moving her all around and shaking her, Tay grabs an empty bottle of soju and walks into the room and hits his father on the head with it. Um, he The bottle breaks and like in half and out of like sheer total loss of self-control and like heat of the moment fueled adrenaline this boy he just stabbed his father repeatedly over and over and over again until um he his father slumped to the ground and Young walked backwards in the room until his back hit the other wall and he also kind of slid to the ground like horrified like what did I just do but also like knowing that it's over you know I just have to say V does such a good job at acting this scene he does such a good job it looks so real Every single scene that I watched of his doing all of this research, I was so taken aback by his acting. And that goes along with Jin. Like, we'll get to Jin also, but... Jin does an amazing... I mean, Jin was supposed to be an actor. Like, he did such an amazing job. We want the K-drama. I We want the K-drama. Where the hell is it? Where, Where are you the fuck all is at? it? Um, <laughs> wow. See how we just, like, had to start laughing and doing something because this scene is so horrible and sad and terrible so tay has blood all over his hands all over his shirt um he washes his hands with a water bottle and he calls namjoon saying young i need to see you and then that's during the H-Y-Y-H era, and then we get into Wings, and in the Wings videos, we see that Tay is caught by the police, and while he's being booked, he asks to make a phone call. So he makes that phone call. He calls Namjoon at a phone booth. This is the phone booth that, in reflection, the phone is ringing, and Namjoon runs up to it, but the booth is chained shut, and he's, like, banging on the chains, trying to get it open but he can't obviously namjoon couldn't answer Young's call um which it sucks knowing that in that moment tay was alone and he didn't have anyone to talk to but it really symbolizes that namjoon could not help tay anymore um like the consequences of tay's actions were irreversible there was nothing further that namjoon could do like in the storyline 
to help Tay. Oh, my gosh. That makes total sense, though. Yeah, like, so from that point, I think there's nothing that Namjoon inserted into Young's storyline could have done to improve Young's situation. Um, that is such a great way to look at it. Which I will come back to later. That will matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, in that Wings short film for Tay, for Stigma, um, there's an abstract sequence of a white puppy running to Tay and then a cage coming down and closing over on top of them. And then the puppy runs away through the slats of the cage. Um, that just kind of depicts like a loss of innocence, the end of his childhood and simplicity. And like now he has to move on, you know, his childhood and that abuse is over. And now he has to face what he's done. And, you know, he does such great acting. Like it really just makes me so emotional watching it. It does. It's, I mean, you can probably hear in my voice. It's kind of hard for me to talk about it because it's really powerful. I'm, I'm telling you, I have, Eutheria, I have been into this, you know, like I have been, <laughs> yeah. I dreamed about it. I have really been obsessing and it's, it's, it's been kind of hard. So, um, wait, you've dreamed about it. Yeah, dude. Last night. Because last I, night? yeah, bitch, I had a dream about <laughs> BTS last night. I need to tell you still. I know you texted me that, but I forgot to ask you about it's it. It's too long. So I'm not going to share with the podcast listeners. Okay. Just tell me later. <laughs> okay. I will. <laughs> If you want to know what it is, go to our Twitter. We'll tweet it. Um, yeah, I'll tweet the dream. Yeah. So this is where I'm going to leave Young and Namjoon's storyline until we get to Euphoria. So next I'm going to talk about Yoongi and Jungkook. So in prologue, they're seen sitting together on the pier. They're looking out over into the ocean. And it's clear that they're, um, they're close friends and they spend a lot of time together. Like... Um, they're paired together just like Tae and Namjoon. So Yoongi is, I think his character is similar to how we perceive him in real life. Um, however, I think he's a little bit more destructive. Um, but he's closed off with his emotions. Like Jungkook might be really sweet to him and he'd only crack like a tiny little smile. Also, sugar cookie, hello. Hello, sugar cookie. I was <laughs> thinking the same thing. I was yeah. like, sugar cookie all the way. Like, we forgot to mention this whole, like, series between them in our sugar cookie episode. Well, I didn't oh, fucking well. know about it, so. Oh. <laughs> so, he's, Yoongi still obviously cares for Jungkook. He just doesn't show it as much. In the storyline, Yoongi's mom dies in a fire, and there was also a piano in the same room where the fire was, and he said that the piano was burnt beyond recognition, so the fire was pretty bad. He vowed to never play the piano again, and in the storyline, he really seems distant from that point on. Um, in prologue, all the members are hanging out like around a bonfire, and just, like, hanging out on couches and chairs just, like, outside somewhere. And Jungkook is, like, laying on the couch, and he kind of snuggles up closer. Like, he lays down to, like, lay his head kind of on Yoongi's lap or close to it. And Yoongi is just, like, sitting, like, really nonchalant. He has, like, his legs kicked out, and he's kind of leaning onto the armrest, and his hand, his arm that's resting on the armrest is flicking a lighter on and off so that the flame keeps going on and off. He's just staring off into the distance, doesn't notice Jungkook moving around him at all. Oh my god, I never even, like, connected the dots on that. Yeah, it just, he's probably just thinking about, like, his mom and all that he's lost and, like, how, like, he's he's not playing the piano anymore, he doesn't have his mom, he, you know. At least in this series, after prologue, that, that day when Tay jumped kind of symbolized their last happy day together. So ever since then, that last happy day was the last happy day really in the friendship of Yoongi and Jungkook because... Because of all this change that happens in Yoongi's life and the way that he's closed off about it, um, their friendship is really tumultuous at best. Um, Jungkook seems to be needier than Yoongi, and then Yoongi doesn't really express his emotions in a healthy way. He kind of keeps it all bottled up and avoids talking about anything by pushing everyone away. And then at one point... During the run music video, we see Jungkook and Yoongi get drunk and get into a physical fight. So 
I've seen that musical video a ton of times, but I never Tons knew this times. theory. So I've always wondered uh-huh. why the fuck are they fighting in the middle of this video? Mm-hmm. The lyrics don't seem to match with this. You know, like what is going on? Um, so it goes along with this storyline. They're they're fighting and Sugar, like, or sorry, Yungi. They're all called by like their names in this. So. I know, which is, yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting how they are all themselves, but they're, like, playing a character that's, like, similar to them, but is also different. It's, like, extreme versions, you know? That's a really good way to put it. It's, like, extreme versions of themselves. Yeah, versions of themselves if their lives would have been, like, way worse, or parts of their lives would have been a little different, or something like that. Yeah. It's kind of like if they were affected, like, strongly by all of these, like, By all of these themes. things, yeah, all of these common yeah. themes that they see, like, youth around the world being affected by. Um, it's exactly. almost like as them themselves as characters, they're taking this role on that a lot of people live these lives. Ugh, like, big hit in BTS, they're so amazing and clever. Yeah, you know, I was hanging out with my friend earlier, and I was telling her a little bit about these theories actually a lot of bit because i have word vomit when it comes to bts i can't stop talking about them me too like my friends i'm surprised they still hang out with me i know it's all i talk about but we have a fucking podcast about it so like what else am i supposed to talk about like we're obviously obsessed (laughs) like um leave us alone so i was telling her about this and she was like do you really think that they put that much thought into this and i said yes everything that bts does like bts as a whole as everything that they do is true performance art like everything that they do everything they wear every interview they put out everything they do is for a specific reason yeah there's meaning behind everything they put this meaning into it for a reason because they have a message and they have a purpose they're not just some boy band they're not just some some idol group right they they are here for a reason you know like they're doing what they're doing to help people's lives yeah to make a difference they're not just so 100 percent. i think that these theories are valid i think that you know, most of the meanings that we get as ARMY that we interpret from their music videos and the things that they put out are real. I think they're, you know, I think they're sending a message. Absolutely. 100%. I could not agree anymore. Yeah. So, okay. So let's get back into Yoongi and Jungkook's storyline. Um, yes. So during, so again, we stopped when it got hard to talk about. We, I, we stopped we when really did. Jungkook yeah. and Yoongi are drunk and they're fighting. Um, it's a hard scene to watch because they're really going at each other. They're throwing things. Yoongi knocks over flowers, destroys a mirror, just throws things all over the place. He's like knocking Jungkook around. Um, it's so heartbreaking. It is very hard to watch. Like you can tell just Jungkook loves him and wants to care for him. Yeah. So it, the end of it, we're left seeing Jungkook sitting on the floor with tears on his eyes, and he has, like, a gash across his cheek. And after this, they're kind of separated. They're not talking at all. Yoongi, after pushing everyone away, is laying in bed, looking at the empty side of the bed longingly, and we're not sure if he is missing his mom, if he is missing the girl that he pushed away, if he's missing Jungkook that he got in a fight with. But... Either way, he gets up and gets a big, giant, green can of gasoline, like one of the big ones, and he opens it and just douses his bed with it, pours it all over the room, and he sets the room on fire. And he just stands there, burning flames all around him, apparently prepared to just stay there and die. Um, He doesn't seem like he wants to move at all. There's an abstract sequence in Wings where Jungkook is just staring through a window that's on fire and he's just crying. He's just saying, young, no, no. So this is like, this is like Jungkook seeing that happen, basically. Let's also give a round of applause for Jungkook 
and his acting in that scene. For real. I mean, really all of them in this, because then we also see um, an abstract sequence where Jin is looking into the burning room. We actually see this in Euphoria, but it comes up another time where he's looking through a burning window um, with like deep concern in his eyes. So we're kind of wondering why Jin is there also, because we see Jungkook there. Then Jungkook, he's now alone. He's unable to find Yoongi. He's beat up in the street by some bad guys. And then he's hit by a car while starting to cross the street because he has his hood up and he has tears in his eyes because he was just beat up. Oh my god. And that's where that storyline ends. Until Euphoria. Sugar cookie. <laughs> yeah. So then let's get into Hosok and Jimin. So, J-Hope's character, he just obviously goes by his regular name, Hosok. Um, he grew up in an orphanage because he was abandoned by his mother at a, like, a fair, an amusement park by a merry-go-round as a small child. She just pretty much brought him there. She told him, you know, like, they're playing hide-and-go-seek or something. He put his hands over his eyes like he was counting, and then she just left. And you can tell by the merry-go-round that just hours go by with him just sitting there. Like, what a terrible way to abandon someone. I know. Like, there's no good way to abandon someone, but, like, you abandon a child like that. I know. It's so messed up. He turned to dancing to try to find happiness, and in some ways he did. In some ways he did find happiness. Um, However, he also turned to self-medication, and he is seen taking various kinds of unsubscribed pills to numb his pain. Because of his self-medication, he admits himself into a hospital, and that's where he meets Jimin. So Jimin struggles with severe depression, and Hosok is diagnosed with Munchausen syndrome, and they bond together while visiting the hospital at the same time. And it's unclear if they have to stay, if they're confined in the hospital at all times. It kind of seems like Jimin is, but they talk about like walking to and from each other's homes, like going home and making it a really long walk, even though they only live two kilometers apart. But either way, they're both in this like kind of mental hospital at the same time and Munchausen syndrome how do you know yeah what how do you know that Hosak has Munchausen syndrome um you could see it in I want to say that it is in his short film for wings um where he is he's in like a so it's mama is the song and Uh it's kind of fucked up because in his storyline his mom leaves him so in this song is, for oh his God, it's so true yeah so for his short film he is in like a padded walled room and two doors open on either side like small doors and out of them just pour pills just pour pills out of them and yeah he takes so he takes some pills and the room gets all cr- like crazy kind of psychedelic and like glowy looks like neon like paint kind of is splattered all over the walls Mm -hmm. but i'm pretty sure that in that or in somewhere in this you see a form that has his name on it and it says the diagnosis munchausen syndrome um wait really yeah so that's how we know that um so Uh, i didn't know that yeah so if you don't know munchausen syndrome is a mental illness in which the individual affected believes themselves to be sick or ill in various ways in order to garner attention and sympathy for others normally it's not just munchausen syndrome normally it's munchausen by proxy meaning like for example a mother who by proxy of her child um, is obsessing over her child being sick and thinks that her child is sick in order for people to feel bad for her and her child and um, to garner attention that way. It's really messed up. It's a really severe um, thing that should be dealt with if um, someone is suffering from it because it can really affect people's lives. So that's what Hosak is diagnosed with there isn't a cure for munchausen syndrome but therapy is used as treatment so basically 
he's treated for his compulsion to take pills and then like it seems like he he can leave from the hospital and when he leaves the hospital Jimin and Hosok they lose touch Jimin feels trapped caught in a lie if you will um, <laughs> lonely and abandoned you can see it in the lie um short film he's just alone and um He's also seen sobbing, literally sobbing in a bathtub, not crying, but sobbing. He's like, he puts his hand up to his face like he wants to grab onto a clump of his hair and he is just in excruciating pain. He's sobbing. Um, he's calling out in pain in this bathtub. The bathtub, it's like a dark walls around him, but this white ceramic bathtub and the water is kind of... Um, foggy a little bit obscure like it used to have soap bubbles in it but it's just kind of gray now and he then attempts suicide by drowning and he just goes down underneath the water after crying for a while um we see that he doesn't end up going through with it he ends up like all of the water pours and splashes out of the tub and he ends up just sitting and leaning up and like curled up into a ball um up against the side of the tub and he's just like crying and he's just wearing like a tank top and like shorts and he's just cold and wet and sad and alone it's so Um, heartbreaking like it's so heartbreaking yeah and it's very hard to watch it and it's hard to remember that this is a storyline and they're just trying to I wouldn't say that it's too hard to watch like for someone who now for me for my own like depression and what I've dealt with it wasn't too hard for me to watch like it didn't trigger me but it was it was it was really it it like content warning it's just really sad to see it really um, is sad like if you really like, if you really look at Jimin's face and, like, everything that's happening to him, yeah, like, like it's really hard to watch. It seems like real tears, you know? Like, it's, it just seems so authentic. It's just, it's hard um, just to see another human in that way, coming from a place of empathy, you know? So next we see Hosok, he's walking, like, across a bridge, and he just passes out he falls down and it's because he just randomly takes pills so they just make him pass out whenever wherever like without him really knowing about it because he's still taking these pills even though he's out of the hospital so yeah so there's there's everybody besides jen so what we have we have um everybody's not in a good place right Tay murdered his dad, caught by the cops. RM is living in poverty, unable to help his friend, unable to change his position in the world, um, working as a gas station attendant. Suga has pushed everybody out of his life. His mom is dead. He's not playing the piano anymore. He doused his apartment in gasoline and is lit it on fire and is ready to die there. Jungkook was beat up and hit by a car and dejected by his best friend. Jimin is left alone in a hospital to deal with his depression alone, which all of us with depression, we already feel like we're dealing with it alone. So they're literally showing him doing it alone. And Hosok is battling Munchausen syndrome and a severe dependency on pills. It's almost like a he can't help it. It's just a compulsion. Um, Because he thinks that he's ill, um, and that comes from his abandonment. So that's where everybody's at, at the end of Wings, basically, um, from Most Beautiful Moment in Life to Wings. And I want to talk about Jin, but before I talk about Jin, I want to mention the Love Yourself highlight reels and the Love Yourself Her music videos. So... These are the highlight reels are seen as like the theme for Love Yourself Her, much like Euphoria is seen as the theme for Love Yourself Wonder. That's what Big Hit uh-huh. said that it is. So in the high right in the highlight reels, everybody seems really happy, out of trouble, well off, like RM isn't in poverty, Jimin isn't in the hospital. They all seem to be having pretty normal, happy, good lives. Um they all have girls in their lives. Yeah. Weird. So 
to me, this storyline, this highlight reel, is not seen as a continuation of Most Beautiful Moment in Life and Wings, like a continuation of that storyline, but really seen as an alternate storyline in the same universe. And there's a few things that kind of tip you off to this to me the saturation is different there's like the color is a lot more brilliant oh yes it's Um, way more brilliant yeah and then the way that these music videos interact with some of the other music videos is interesting like in the dna music video in serendipity we see wormholes and we don't see wormholes at really much in any other bts videos besides the japanese music videos and um the God, Japanese the Frontiers. Yeah. The Frontiers Japanese music video. I love it. Yeah. So um in this highlight reel, in the Love Yourself highlight reel, the same members are paired together kind of. Each member meets a girl besides Jimin. Jimin kind of longs after Hosok's girl that like he is with or meets or whatever. Um God, it's like symbolism. I know, I know. That Jimin, yeah. <laughs> it seems <Sorry>. like <laughs> it seems like they can all be happy and live the lives that they want to in this kind of scenario in this storyline. However, it's clear that happiness doesn't exist for long because each member continues into the same destructive behavior that we saw in HYYH and Wings. And their lives ultimately fall apart in very similar ways. We see in the serendipity video that Jimin is seen alone and isolated. I mean, you could just say, well, yes, it's his song. It was the intro to the album. Like, it was his song alone. However, J-Hope's Boy Meets Evil song was alone, and we can read meaning into that and representation into that. So, No, I think serendipity had... For sure, it definitely had meaning behind it. Like he was, it wasn't just like a song for Jimin to sing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they he was seen alone. Chose Jimin for many reasons. Yep, he was seen alone. He was seen blocked away from things, kind of away from the sun a little bit. Like the big yellow ball could have kind of represented the sun, but he didn't have the sun. And so much like he was alone in serendipity and isolated from everybody. He's in that room by himself. He's in that big white space by himself. He's looking off over into the ocean by himself, just like he was left alone without Hosok in the Wings videos. In DNA, we see galaxies and wormholes. And I was touching on this a few minutes ago, but the wormholes have been a theme in their Japanese music videos, Run, I Need You, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears especially. And now that they've made it into their main Korean videos, I think that it's showing a connection between the two universes that we see in the Japanese music videos and now the um, Love Yourself, Her era videos. And we already know those Japanese music videos To me, when you watch them congruently alongside, when you watch the Korean version of Run, I Need You in Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and then the Japanese versions, it seems like the Japanese versions just almost clarify the Korean versions. They take them one step further. The art form is different. The art style is different. And it's almost like... It's like like a different universe. Yeah, it's like a parallel universe that also has a storyline, but that storyline helps clarify what's going on in the first one. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So that's why it matters when we start seeing wormholes now in the, the Korean music videos because it's like these two have um these storylines have kind of merged that idea it just brings it shows us that the love yourself highlight reels are part of this continued story even though they seem like they're in a different place that's how we know that it's part of a different universe so anyways at the end of the love yourself her highlight reel the girl that jen is waving at starts running across the street And then she gets hit by a car. And in his eyes, we see pain, but we also see understanding. So... I mean, like, he's almost seen it before. So let's talk about Jin. Let's talk about this. So Jin is known... His character is known to have said, If I could turn back time, I'd go back to that summer's sea which is obviously referring to Prologue, which, as I said, was the all seven members' last happy day together, the day that Taeyong jumped and started it all. 
Um, so throughout the storyline, Jin is often seen with a video or Polaroid camera. He's noticed throughout different videos by the other members as he's recording them, and he takes snapshots with them. And um, it's interesting because there's a moment where Namjoon takes the Polaroid camera and takes a picture of Yoongi and Jin. And when Jin later looks at the picture, he is not in it, but Yoongi is. So why is Jin not paired with anyone? Why is he frequently seen separated from the other members? Why was he not freaking out when a girl got hit by a car in front of him? No, it's not because he's dead. He's not dead. I know this is a popular theory. No, I'm calling bullshit. (laughs) I'm calling bullshit. He's not dead. Um, I agree. I agree with the bullshit. I agree. No. They're more clever than that. Jin is not dead. To explain this, I want to introduce a Twitter thread by at Jintellectually that runs concurrently with the idea of BTS telling their story through an interpretation of the Omelas. I'm glad that person has that username because it fits them perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. I'm going to talk about some of the ideas in their thread. I retweeted it on our Twitter if you want to go check out the whole thing. Um, So first, let me explain what the Omelas is. So the Omelas is referencing a short story written by author, an author named Ursula K. Lee Gunn. She's an American author, and she wrote this in 1973. And the full title of the story is called The Ones Who Walked Away from the Omelas. This is a short story that has deliberately vague yet vivid descriptions. So vague on what happens, like specifically what goes on, but vivid descriptions of like how things look to deliberately make it so that the reader can fill in the gaps of what occurs, which is just like, wow, just like these fucking storylines, because these storylines are these storylines from these music videos are vague enough that we're like, we have to come up with theories and we have to piece it together to make it work. But they Mm -hmm. give us enough through symbolism and art and, you know, acting and everything that they do that we can piece it together and we can fill in the gaps of what happens. So basically this, this short story takes place during a summer festival in the utopian city of Omelas. The prosperity of this city and for this city to be a utopia, it depends on the perpetual misery of one single child. And, um, this book is often used by teachers to explain and study morality. Um, so in the short story, some citizens find out about the perpetual misery of this boy and they decide to leave. So they are the ones walking away from the Omelas to a mystery place. This name probably is familiar to you because Omelas is the name given to like the hotel that we see in Spring Day in the music video and we see the members walking into it. Yeah, um, yeah. So That's they a are big going thing. like people saw that in Spring Day and they were like, Omelas. Like I remember yeah. like watching that when I was starting to get into BTS. So they are going into the Omelas, okay? Mm-hmm. Um this utopia. A euphoria, if you will. So Jin is the boy in perpetual misery. But in this storyline, because of all of the wormholes and artsy shit, he's not just this boy in perpetual misery. His misery is that he is basically like an interdimensional time traveling being who travels through the wormholes and different timelines to save his friends, his brothers, the people that he loves so much from these painful futures, these painful events that are happening to them. So seeing the girl being hit by the car just makes us wonder, is Jin just trading one tragedy for another is he in this other storyline, the Love Yourself storyline, to maybe prevent Jungkook from getting hit by a car like he did in Wings? You know, uh, and yeah. so when he when that girl got hit by a car, that's why he wasn't surprised. Um, oh my god! But he There's still more knew. To come. There's it's more still, to come. Yeah, because it's it was still a tragedy. He knew that that tragedy was going to happen. Um, uh-huh. He is seen over and over and over again in the same instances with similar experiences all in an effort to cha- to save his friends from the tragedies that they faced after that beach day. So we see him 
replace he replaces Young's father with with Hosuk, um, meaning that Tay never killed anyone. He never had to experience violence and abuse growing up, and Hosuk didn't have to grow up alone in an orphanage, and thus he never developed Munchausen syndrome or a compulsion to take pills and self medicate. Um, Jin watches Yungi's apartment fire and places Jungkook there to drag Yungi to safety and to save his life. Um, this also saves Jungkook from being beat up and hit by a car. It isn't yeah. yet clear what he did for Namjoon um, to pull Namjoon out of poverty and loneliness. However, we do see him drive up to Namjoon in his truck and he opens the window a little bit and hands um Yoongi's lighter to Namjoon but Namjoon doesn't know yet that it's Jin in the truck um but yeah, it's almost I find RM's I find RM's story really interesting like I yeah. can't him and Jimin's like RM and there's Jimin's just not story. a lot yeah um but it's almost like he handed him the lighter as if he had just finished helping Yoongi, and now he's there to help RM. He rolls the window down all the way. RM goes, oh, Jin Young. And then Jin says, long time no see. Later in Euphoria, we see them both standing facing each other at the gas pump, but we're not sure what happened in between that or what's about to happen um, for his life to have been improved for him to have quote unquote saved him. Like he saved the other members. So we all see that this, um, takes place in euphoria and euphoria has little flashes of Jin doing all of these things, fixing all of their lives, um, kind of tying up those loose ends that we weren't sure about from wings. And, um, then it, it, it travels back in time to that day. It doesn't redo the day. It's not a new day after he fixes everything. I think that he travels back in time to that day by the sea, and it's kind of like a do-over, except for this time, those things won't happen. Um, yes. All the members... Completely. Yeah, all the members are happy again, and they all have black hair, which symbolizes youth and innocence. Maybe it symbolizes their lives before BTS, before Big Hit, but it can also symbolize childhood and just simplicity and just, um, yeah, yeah, those, like those things. Time. Side note, I don't think that they're going to come back with black hair. Hell um, no! They no, already no, have they black hair. Not. We already know it. They will. They are going to surprise us. Mm-mm. People think that Tay had his like his hood up during that Puma fan sign because they think they were hiding any tiny bit of hair that they yeah. could. Yeah. Um, it's n- yeah. It's not black when they come back. Mm-mm. No. No way. So to make the final thing right in Euphoria, Jin climbs the scaffolding tower. And he points his video down on the camera members, just like the first time he pointed his camera up at Young. And all of the members smile and wave, except for Tay. Tay is looking up at him. He, you, you have to watch it. I'm sure you all have seen it. He oh, has such this good acting. He has this look on his face as if he knows. As if he's having deja vu, or he knows that he was once standing in the same place, or that was where he was supposed to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He knows that something is different, something has changed. Um, So, in that moment of Jin up on the scaffolding, after he looks at everybody, he pans the camera over and looks out to the sea, Um, And we see just a still shot of the sea, and it is the same picture that we see in prologue, where when they are all sitting around the bonfire outside, Jin takes a Polaroid picture, the same exact picture that the video camera just showed, and he shows it to everybody, and he asks, do you want to go here? We should go here, and they all say that they will go there, and that's why they go to the sea that day. So Jin showing that in the video camera is showing that this is the new beginning. It's um, the new beginning. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. So right in that moment, we see a flash of Young in the ocean and where he's falling into it, and we see that clip kind of in reverse as if his original action that started this entire storyline has now been undone by Jin. Um, yeah. 
This time, it feels right to Jin. He has gone through so many cycles, so many timelines trying to help his friends, and he, like, the camera is right on his face, and he just smiles into the camera. He is at peace. He is in euphoria. Yeah, he's got his cheeky smile. Yeah. Um, But, wait, I didn't mention Jimin. What did Jin do to help Jimin? And sadly... It's. It seems like from Euphoria that Jen didn't do anything specific to help Jimin, so it seems like he might still be in pain. Hosok was Jimin's light. He was his sunshine. They balanced each other. They bonded together. And we saw in Lie, in the short film Lie for Wings, that Jimin was just lost and destroyed without Hosok. Um and yeah, because everyone we, gets someone else to help them, but Jimin, the right. only person who was helping Jimin get taken away. Right, and because Hosok had to go replace Taeyong's dad. And I think it had to be Hosok replacing Taeyong's dad because Namjoon had already been part of Taeyong's story. He was already his friend. His life was already intertwined in different ways. He couldn't now come into it and take that role. And... um we see in Euphoria, we might be seeing flashes of reality flashed with um, differences in, like, Euphoria, reality and Euphoria, because we see um, Jimin, he, they're all in, like, the cafeteria of the hospital, all seven of them laughing, and they all get up to start running. And then it's a flash of the same cafeteria, but with different lighting. It's, like, bright yellow lighting, and Jimin is alone, and he gets up and starts running. And then it's a flash of the hallway leaving out of the doors of the hospital, and all seven of them are running together. Jimin ha- still has his hospital clothes on, but he's putting on a black and white long-sleeved striped t-shirt over it, and he's running out with them, kind of leading them. But then it has a flash of him in the hallway, and the hallway is again flooded by the yellow golden light, but he's alone. So to me, this could have a few different meanings. This could be looking at the euphoria of all of them being together, but there's still darkness as in Jimin wasn't helped and Jimin is still alone. Or because of the color of the lighting, and it looks like sunshine and happiness, um, it could be all of his friends coming to all of their lives have been kind of fixed, put back on track. So they're coming to him to basically break him out of the hospital. To They're all there to help him instead of just having one person there. They all I go like there that. to help him. So yeah. then the yellow room and the yellow hallway is symbolic to him breaking out of his depression and kind of moving into the light and into the happiness and into the joy and joining the euphoria with everyone else because after they break out me too it's really nice um after they break out then they all go back to that's when they go to the the beach it also kind of feels like that this euphoria might not be long lasting though euphoria rarely is euphoria is a pretty fleeting feeling i think it would be naive of us to think that a euphoria like that could last forever so the really great music video that i referenced earlier by sugar and spice she they question perhaps the members can only be saved when they learn how to love themselves which i think is i think that could definitely be it i think this euphoria could be short-lived um because there are four love yourself albums um so to sum up I'm I'm saying this is the theory that most beautiful moment in life wings and all four planned love yourself albums all of the storylines connect and will connect in boy meets evil we saw that boy meets what flashed on the screen and I think that the what stands for wonder her answer and tear so no, the W doesn't stand for wings. And for some reason, we got her first. I think that Big Hit is doing some Star Wars shit, um, especially because of these storylines. Like, they really are trying to keep us enthralled. So that we got her first. We're getting Wonder next. Um, and I think Wonder will showcase 
happiness and love and togetherness, but I think it might have underlying feelings of despair and darkness because if the theme is euphoria, we know that euphoria is kind of fleeting. Um, I think that tear would come out next because I think that tear would fully dive into that pain and misery that life can be while exploring options to heal. And then I think that answer will come last and answer would be the answer to it all, summing up the series and the storyline kind of. Well, everyone thought that answer was going to be the next one. But because everybody thought the the W in what was wings, but I don't yeah, think so because, because now wings, we're getting wonder. I love yeah, yourself, but wings wonder. Was definitely, wings was definitely connected to this whole storyline. Yeah, but so, so was most beautiful moment in life. That's true. So, and if boy meets what? So I just feel like the boy the boy meets is already referencing wings. I feel like, and we get that's w, true. It's like the precursor. Right, and we get W for wonder. So, like, you know, if it was, if we're spelling out what and we have another W, there's not a second W in that word. No, um, there can't be. But everyone right. thought that wings was, I mean, everyone had perfect reasons to think that wings was the W of what. Totally. But I think that it's wonder, and I think that they're kind of going out of order. Um, because if you spell out, like, boy meets what would spell out boy meets wonder, her, answer, and tear. However, I think that in the order that I think, based off of just the names of the upcoming albums and kind of where the storyline is now, I think that it's going to come out in, like, the order of her, wonder, tear, and answer. So it would be boy meets her, wonder, tear, and answer, which I think kind of makes sense. <laughs> if it sounds crazy, I, it's because I've been deep diving into this for the past yeah, four days. Yeah, I think days. you're fully submerged into this. <laughs> but it would make sense that answers last because, yeah. I mean, you feel like... The answer isn't until the end. You have to go through a process before exactly. you get to the answer. So this, yeah, so this is that process. Really, I very much feel like I just scratched the surface on this, but that is my theory and piece together theories from other people's theories um, for the love or for the most beautiful mo- moment in life, Wings era and Love Yourself eras, um, including Euphoria. Thank you. Yes, it was so good. I really enjoyed myself. Like, this was amazing to just get to, like, listen to everything you had to say about it. Because I was like, (laughs) all right, tell me. Like, I don't really know anything because I'm too dumb, I guess. But, Kayla, you did an amazing job. Yay! It was, honestly, like, I still have, like, questions about it. But I kind of, like, even the questions I was thinking about, you were able to kind of answer for me as you were going. Yeah. But, like... A thing that really I just find super interesting is how they paired each member with each other. You know, like, why did they choose Young with RM? Because it's like, yeah, these characters that they're playing really aren't them. But at the same time, it's like they are playing themselves, just like extreme Mm -hmm. versions of themselves, like we said earlier. But I'm just like, why why Young with RM? Why Suga with Jungkook, you know? I I will also say that their songs and wings are very personal to them and their real life stories and their real life feelings so i think that big hit and bts actually planned this really well and knew that they were gonna have these stories for wings and that they were you know that they had these beautiful songs that were really heartfelt and really had a true meaning to each member that was performing each song so Mm -hmm. i think that just the lyrics of the songs and the meaning that they wanted to convey fit together with the people that they chose to work together, you know, like stigma and reflection kind of balance with each other. And, um, so I don't know. I think that might. Mama and lie like, so, or, I mean, I guess they end up doing like boy meets evil with like lie. Yeah. When they do boy meets evil with lie, that's like a big thing, a big theme. And we also see, um, in, like, the Japanese Blood, Sweat, and Tears music video, we see, like, Jimin and J-Hope kind of dancing in similar areas, almost like their stories or their timelines are, like, dependent upon each other. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I there's also, a lot of yeah. parallels with Boy Meets Evil more than maybe Mama um, yeah. with Lai. But also, yeah. like, 
going with like sh- like Sugar and Jungkook, like First Love and Begin. Those mm-hmm. are both like the beginning of something new, like a first yeah. love and begin. Like it just fits so well. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. I just can't. They they just they really planned this out. I know um, it's insane. Yeah. So, anyways, that was that. I think I answered some of your questions. If you guys listening have more questions, tweet at us or email us or something. Like, tweet at us so we can discuss on Twitter and go back and forth. I'm not an expert on any of this. This is just what I've done for the past four days. So, if you have other input, let me know. Speaking of input and hearing from people, we heard from an amazing person named Emily this week. And it just made our hearts soar. Um, Yes, just like my heart is melting. So sweet. (laughs) Okay, but in reality, this past week has been crazy. We've had several people reach out to us. So many people. Really, really cool. It was so cool. Um, It just, guys, thank you. Like, yeah. Like we had a girl, we had a girl recommend this episode, but we were already planning on it. But how cool. Yeah, you guys are reading our minds, totally. Um, Mm -hmm. So this girl, Emily, wrote to us saying that she's been listening for about a month and she loves the podcast, which is like so amazing to hear. She was writing us in the morning and she said that it made her day when she saw that we posted the new episode, the Minjoon Namen episode. And she's also new to the fandom like we are. She said that the AMAs changed her life. Um, She used to be a One Direction fan back in the day, but she felt like joining into another boy band fandom was kind of like coming home, which is like so true. Like, I love that. Bethany, I feel like you can feel that from being so obsessed with the Beatles. The Beatles. Hell yeah. Yeah. I just need to make I just need to say something since we're talking about theories just real quick. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, for the Beatles, there were theories, like fan theories for the Beatles, and one of them was that Paul was dead. And here we are oh, with people thinking Jen is dead. Like That's it's, crazy. I just, I just see the parallels so much. Anyway, So I many parallels. <laughs> um, so this girl is so sweet. She said um, none of her friends are into K-pop or BTS, which is we totally get. Yeah, she said, so having your podcast give me a much-needed outlet to fangirl and feel like I'm not alone. Uh-huh. Plus, Jungkook is my bias, then Tae, then Jimin. Basically, I'm weak as hell for the Machne line. That's like, us. What, so true. Us, <laughs> 100%. She said that her Tumblr has completely devolved into a BTS fan fest, and she cannot stop writing Cook fanfic, and she... Um, when we replied to her, she emailed us back her links. So Bethany, you should totally put the links to her Tumblr and like her fanfics in the description because we checked them out. We love them. Yes, that's They're a brilliant awesome. idea. I started reading some of her fanfics. They're great. So I will, yeah, I will put them in the description. Love them. She, um, she also. At, she said that it would be cool if we did an episode about the Machne line or the dance line or just their dance styles in general. And 100% we are totally going to do that. That is something I've been wanting to do because their dance styles are so different, so unique, but so amazing. Um, Kayla, you and I were just talking about how different Jimin and J-Hope's dance style yes, is. Like, totally that, different. Yeah, totally different. Like, J-Hope has that street dancer, and Jimin has that Usher style, like, very sexy. Um, Mm -hmm. J-Hope's moves are more smooth. Jimin's are more, like, you can tell them apart, you know? They're more, harsh and discreet. She also asked if we've been watching Burn the Stage. Yes, we've been watching Burn the Stage. We are planning on talking about it probably once they all are out. It's just a lot, and I want to take the time to, like, know the full story. Um, Yeah, same. Before really, like, diving into it and talking about it. But yes, we're talking about it. Talk to us about it on Twitter, because, like, every time an episode drops, I'm on Twitter, like, oh my god, I'm crying. Oh my god, this is crazy. Oh my god, I love how heartfelt this conversation is. I know. It's so so much. I love it. I love it. Anyways, so she says sorry for rambling so long, and I'm also going to say sorry for rambling so long. But this email from this girl was so amazing. It was so great to hear from you guys and to be able to talk to you and to be able to put topics that you want to hear about on our list and um, just to interact and become friends, IRL. So, yeah, Bethany wrote back to her and said some nice things. 
I yeah, it was funny because Emily was all about Tay Cook, and so yes. I was like, Kayla, I'm sorry, I'm taking the reins on this email. I am responding to this bitch. Like Tay Cook is life. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to email us after hearing this episode, you can email us at standingbtspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us on Twitter about it, you can do that at standingbtspod. And if you want to interact with us on Instagram, we have a fangirl Instagram account called Sugarvree Cookie Jams. And if you want to find us on Facebook, we're Standing BTS. Please, again, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Again, we're going to do Take Hook um, when we have 100 reviews on iTunes. And as of today, we have 57. So Yes. So if you want to hear Take Hook. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And thanks for standing BTS.